I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. We're the guys from That Film Street, and this is our latest review, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Directed by Joachim DeSantos, Kemp Powers, and Justin K. Thompson from a screenplay written by Phil Lord, Christopher Miller, who both also produce, and David Callahan. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is the computer-animated superhero film featuring the Marvel Comics character Miles Morales' Spider-Man. This Columbia Pictures and Sony Pictures animation-produced film is the sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and is set in a shared multiverse of alternate universes called The Spider-Verse. The movie is out now, but if you haven't watched Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse yet and you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. Before we get into it, make sure you subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find us, and feel free to leave us a review. And follow us on social media, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Stew Podcast. So, Luke, what is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse about? Miles Morales catapults across the multiverse where he encounters a team of spider people charged with protecting its very existence. When the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles must redefine what it means to be a hero. Okay. Now look, 2018, we got treated to, I'll be honest, what I thought at the time, an animated Spider-Man movie. I was like, okay, what's that going to be? Is this going to be like this throwaway kind of, you know, very much for kids? Completely wrong. First trailers, the animation. Um, I remember the music being amazing. Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Fantastic movie. Potentially, it's in the conversation. It was a big year. Maybe, if not the best, one of the best comic book movies of that year. Even in in years at the time. Um, that was the same year that Avengers Infinity War came out. Like, that's that's the type of movie we're looking at. Potentially one of the best Spider-Man movies. Again, all subjective, and it's obviously flavours a range, but I think there's no denying that we've both loved Into the Spider-Verse. It's been five years since, since we had that. This has been a, a hotly anticipated movie it was first announced as as a two-parter which um and yes we will get to that i mean it still is (laughs) (laughs) but they they renamed it they renamed this one part one as across the spider-verse and then the potential part two the third installment in this trilogy will be beyond the spider-verse which i do like um, they are good titles but it is part one part two and i purposely I stayed away from any news about this movie. Mm-hmm. Trailers, I'd seen the initial one, great. Just like that first movie, the animation was phenomenal, a continuation of that story, but I was purposely staying away. The To Be Continued, which I know we will probably get to, <laughs> caught me off guard, and I just felt, I just I was just sat in the cinema like, huh. It's we don't always, have to wait. I mean, look. We don't have to wait five years, though. It's next year you know, that we get, and that is the, the next saving one. grace to it. That's the saving grace. One year, I, I can handle that. I'm a mature, grown-ass man. I can, I can wait, and a year will go pretty quick. But it is always, you know, when I go in to watch a movie, even in the age of you know, shared continuities, universes, cinematic, yada yadas, 
I still go into each movie being like, I want a contained story. And look, a cliffhanger, a tease for the next movie is always fun. And, you know, we get it on TV and sometimes we've got to wait a few months or these days years for, you know, the next season of something. But I just hate the idea of going into one half of a movie, Dune Part 1. Uh, the most recently, uh, you know, Fast X. I was just going to say... Shit. I'm getting Come flashbacks on. to our Fast X <laughs> review. I feel like that just happened. Like, was that a fortnight <laughs> ago? Like, I mean, bloody yeah. hell. I, I, movies don't end anymore. They just set up the next one. But that aside, I mean, this is going to be a review where I think it probably is just easiest. Me saying this right now. This movie is phenomenal. It is fantastic. Um, and I, I look forward to talking about a whole bunch of reasons why <laughs> why I think that. But to start on one negative, and I'm not sure if this is something that you experience, but I have heard about it in the in the news sphere of, of things. Um, and I did experience this myself at the cinema. Sound issues. A little bit of sound mixing problems related to some of the dialogues in certain parts, particularly the, the opening sequence with Gwen Stacy. And, and then there's a few moments throughout the movie where it's like, ah, oh, the dialogue just doesn't sound loud enough to hear. The sound effects are a little bit too loud. Did you have any sort of experience like that? Yes, but I thought it was intentional. Just like yeah. talking about with animation that we got in that first movie, we're getting it again here and more. And just, the sound, the music. I, I just, I honestly thought it was intentional that they were doing it in a particular way, going from different universes where animation would change. You're right, right yep. with Gwen. And I thought it was supposed to be like that with Spider Punk. It happens a lot with his character as well. And just thought it was intentional. It wasn't until, like you say, it was in, in the news. And then it was announced that Sony had sent out a new version with updated sound mixing. So it's like, oh, right, okay. So maybe if I was to go watch it again, I'd have a different experience. Yeah. I, apparently, like, if I think it was like if you're watching it in, like, top-notch, like, Dolby something or other, whatever, it's it, the sound issue was pretty minimal. But, like, I legit sat there and I was like, oh, man, like, am I in a bungee cinema? Like, they have, there's something wrong with the speakers. Then it wasn't too bad. And I was like, no, this is fine. I can deal with this. I'm not getting up. Because I was so engrossed in this movie. But, um, but yeah, all right, that's aside. That's a, that's a whole thing. But not a deterrent that much. All good. All is forgiven. The animation. I mean, much like that first movie, I mean, is it, is it wild to say this statement? Every shot if you pause this movie at any time it is like looking at someone's work of art like everything looks like either a painting or a digital representation of something that someone's crafted with their like their fingers like it just looks everything is is beautiful there's crazy stuff happening in a lot of them but there's so much detail and depth and it's incredible I mean, yeah, I mean, it looks looks fantastic. And it's not just one art style. You're going to the different universes, you're getting different arts. I mean, the, it's broke a record, hasn't it, for the number of animators working on like a single film. Mm. It's and, and it shows. Like There's so much talent on screen. It really is incredible. But it's not all animated, though, is it? There's, oh, that's true. Yeah, there's yeah, the live action scene. And it's like, 
what is going on at Sony with their Marvel films? <laughs> because Into the Spider-Verse, Across the Spider-Verse, amazing. They are amazing films. But then they remind us they also did Venom because we've got Miss Chen in the shop. It's live action. Spot is now in that reality. And it's like, don't remind us of Venom. I remember watching Venom at the cinema and the post-credit sequence was when That's right. Peter Parker first meets Miles. Yeah. And which like the felt like, and- yeah, which felt like an odd choice. It's like, all the praise, and rightly so, is thrown at Into the Spider-Verse. But when Sony started doing their Spider content for themselves again after the Raimi films and the Garfield films, it was Venom first. Then we mm. got Into the Spider-Verse. But I just thought it was an odd choice. I mean, I, I guess mean, Venom it's... was popular and, you know, it did well at the box office for them. But just to have that to be a part of this movie. But, I mean, the... This movie acknowledges that basically everything, like everything Spider-Man related is is in a way connected through this multiverse, Spider-Verse web that they sort of get into. Let's go of, with sort of, so Spider-Verse. Yeah, you know, the Tobey Maguire movies, the Andrew yep. Garfield movies, the animation, the animated series, the video games, the Lego world. Speaking of animators that have... Um, you know, contributed. Fun little fact here: the the whole Lego sequence was done by like one guy. I think he, I think he's referred to as a kid, but I think he might be a you know a teenager. No, nah, he's fourteen in his twenties. No, fourteen. Get out of town. A fourteen-year-old recreated the Across the Spider Verse trailer with Lego. Put it online. They reached out to him, and he animated the sequence for the film. Incredible! Wow, so. So the trailer for Across the Spider Verse had come out already. He animated added, that. Tra- he animated that trailer in Lego. In between their trailer and the movie coming out, he's put together this sequence. Yeah. Then and then they've incorporated that. Is so I don't know if they've incorporated that or if he animated something new. But yeah, fourteen-year-old kid. That's great. So he's not an adult. They're just calling him a kid. That's well, 14, so that's all Actually, good. Actually, I've, um, I've got his name here, Preston Mutanga. There you go. There you go. Well done. But like, that was just a little surprising. And you, you think, you know, we name-checked, you know, Lord and Miller earlier. Of course, if they can put Lego into, <laughs> into this. I mean, that's their thing. Kind of makes sense. Honestly, Lord and Miller, can you remember that they were directing a Han Solo Star Wars film and they got fired? Yeah. What that film could have been, anyway. It just seems crazy to me that these they've not made a bad film, whether it's the Lego films, Jump Street movies, Spider Verse. But Disney like, thought, yeah, they, nope, you guys are gone. Just know how to make them work. We they can't trust work. you with Star Wars. <laughs> but yeah, look, the so look, I think it's pretty established. The, the animation is great. It changes as you go to different worlds. When you get to you know, like the whole. You know, like the 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 spider people, where everyone's sort of there. It's, you know, it's just wild. There's so many characters and so many different art styles mixed in. Um, it's it is pretty wild. Um, but but amongst all that, you know, like this movie looked great, the action is great, all that kind of stuff. But at the heart of it, there's still that character 
Miles Morales, and again, coming in from that second movie, we've got Gwen as well. Again, that opening scene I felt was almost like a little mini movie in itself with the sort of her little backstory with her dad. I was like, oh man, I'm feeling this. If only the sound wasn't kind of shitty. I'd... <laughs> no, there's, <laughs> I would a, fully... there's an interesting thing with the animation there. I know we're moving on from just talking mm. about animation, but the opening scene with Gwen, the inspiration for that was Cinderella. And what they were right. taking from that, it, I guess it's like the, the matte finish, like the you know the the design of it, but also like how she, when she's feeling different emotions, the background, the colours are in line with how she's feeling. And it was Cinderella. You know the scene in Cinderella. She's got the dress. She's going to the ball, and her stepsisters come in and they start ripping off the dress. But as they're doing that, like you're seeing Cinderella's trauma. Like the colors are moving in the background. So Cinderella was the influence to to the, to the Gwen scene in the opening of the movie, and and that's just an example. Like the movie is going to be full full of that, you know, what their inspirations were, and it's again like everything has such a unique look. But I thought that was really uh, really interesting. We will talk Miles, but you know, you're talking about the the sequence where all the Spideys are chasing after Miles. That took four years to complete. <laughs> four years. All those That's characters, right. all those characters, different art styles, all coming together. Such a long time. But go, go ahead, Miles. Let's talk Miles. This is um, movie. It is. And I, again, I think that's what's really important here. Like, there's all this crazy shit happening. And, and you know, we'll, we will eventually get to talking about the abundance of, if we want to call them spider cameos or something, just every sort of character that sort of pops up. Um, you know, there's there's wacky hijinks with multiverse stuff. You know, you, you get to see live action footage integrating. You're just like, oh, that's from there. And, you know, there's all that kind of fun to be had. But at the core, it's about this. It's about this kid still. It's about this kid and his family, his his relationship, or his even you know his developing, growing relationship with Gwen Stacy. Shamik Moore voices Miles Morales. Haley Steinfeld back as Gwen Stacy. I'm just so invested in these characters and the story that's sort of presented here. Like obviously, he's just trying to be the you know. Spider-Man in this world and stuff, juggling much like you know, much like a typical Spider-Man story, you know, juggling his responsibilities, school, you know, keeping his secrets from you know the parents and the relationship there. There's all the baggage of like his uncle and, and everything that happened in that first movie. He misses his friend. They, you know, he misses his friends. They're they're all in a different universe and all that kind of stuff. He gets pulled back into it. There's some other secret. There's all this stuff going on. And again, it always just comes back to this kid and how he's feeling and how he's handling it and how he's, I mean, it is what it is. And the whole concept of the, you know, the, these canon events, these all, these typical, these moments in you know, a Spider-Man's life, whether it be a death of an Uncle Ben or, a, you know, a Captain Stacy or something, Uh yeah, it's just like these unchangeable things, and yeah, the whole concept of no, no, I'm not going to be a part of like the rules of of being a spider person. I am, I want to write my own story and own history, and it's like pushing back on against that. And sort of by the end of this movie, you do see that's like, oh, we've got like a band of rebels that are rebelling against that kind of 
concept. Yeah. It's really cool. There's, there's just, there's a lot happening, but there's still just such an intimate, small, quiet story. Yeah. I mean, there's, so there's so many characters in this, a lot more than what we've got in that first one. But at the same time, for the most part, it does kind of feel like a two-hander. Like we did have Gwen in that first movie, but this film, more than that one, it's Miles and Gwen. It's them together. Yeah. It's their film and everything else is happening around them. So I do like that. And and just the, the writing, because the cameos are fun. You know, hey, it's Spider-Man from the video game, yeah. from the animated series, from the comics, whatever it may be. But the the character development, the way the characters are written and the depth, like the relationship between Miles, his dad, his mum, all of that. It's more than you're getting some live action movies, a lot of live action movies. Like it's yeah. just incredible. Like the depth of character, with, the storytelling. With every all the bombastic crap that's that's not crap, the fantastical stuff that's <laughs> yeah. going on. Um some of the best scenes are, you know, like Miles and Gwen on the little tower thing having a conversation and the mum interrupts them and you know like the argument they have at the you know the barbecue on the roof that kind of stuff like it's all like those moments when when Gwen and Miles are you know on the they're sitting upside down on whatever building they're on and you know it's the frame is flipped and all that kind of stuff and it's like they're just having a conversation but it's just it's like one of the best scenes in the movie. Yeah, no, I... Yeah, we just talked about a scene that took four years to animate with hundreds of, you know, spider characters. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is like, impressive, oh, but... When there's you, just two you, of them yeah. sitting, you know, on a on a building, it's having a conversation, it's like, <laughs> like that's... And that's, you know, and that's why this movie shines, because yes. those... Yeah. It, it's a... The concerns you had, or maybe not concerns, but thoughts that you had, before Into the Spider-Verse came out, I was like, oh, it's going to be a Spider-Man kids movie. Well, it's yeah. it's not. I mean, kids can watch it and there's lots to enjoy, but as an adult, you can watch this and you don't feel like you're with your kids <laughs> watching one of their cartoons. Like it's it's a mature, it's a mature cartoon. Can you remember in the first movie when Miles is first bit by the spider and it glitches? And because both of the films are so stylized visually. I just assumed, yeah. I guess like everybody would have done, that was just a design choice, like just like a, a creative flair or, you know, a design, whatever. Mm. And then you find out in this movie, it's because the spider that bit Miles wasn't intended for him and it was actually from Earth 42 and that's why it glitched when it bit him. And that's and I really like that as a story point, but it also makes Miles even more like unique, more special. Because there's lots of Peter Parkers, but there's yeah. not many miles. But it all fits in to everything that was set up in that in that first movie. Again, like it's it's sort of you look back and go, oh well, duh. Like only characters that are in a different universe aren't meant to be there. Glitch, yes, just like the spider, right? Um, every every spider character, basically, you know, when they had all their like little introductions that they kept sort of repeating, it was. I'm the one and only spider, whatever, you know, in this world sort of thing. And what broke the rule was obviously into the Spider-Verse. Miles was a Spider-Man when there already was a Spider-Man. So it was like, yeah, like he's not meant to be, or at least in the concept of, 
you know, the spider wasn't from that world. He's not meant to be there. Opens this door to a hole, which obviously sets up the, the cliffhanger ending. Miles is lost in the wrong world. He meets, like, his counterpart, the, the Miles that was meant to be bitten. But it's there's so much there. Like, like it's great. And, I mean, what this movie also does, again, all set up for the for the second one, but it doesn't take away from what's happening here, is that you've got this this character who's set up as a potential, you know, the villain of the week, the throwaway villain, comical kind of silly designs and powers, yet throughout this movie becomes one of the most terrifying on-screen villains I think I've ever seen. Like he just becomes this like force of darkness. And his power set gets to a point where it's like, hang on a sec, this guy is going to actually be kind of difficult to, to beat. I'm, of course, talking about the spot. who, um, he, Like, yeah, just what they've done with this character. Yeah. Is... I mean, he he's always been a joke. Always. And, yeah. you know, I've seen him, you know, in comics, in animation, but never like this. Like, this is... And, but he kind of... He starts off goofy. And then, yeah. you know, character development. And he starts, you know, getting more powerful and... Yeah, I mean, it, it's silly. I mean, the the big bad of this movie, you're told, is the spot. And you're like, what's that going to look like? It's great. Even his origins, like the going back to that first movie, like the bagel, you know, the bagel hitting this scientist in the head and, you know, that sort of threw him onto this journey of eventually you know, like him getting caught in the explosion that again happened at the end of that first movie. Like that was his origin story. Again, another multiverse movie where a where a bagel is, you know, such a key yes. Part. Good point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everything, everywhere, yeah. all at once. There's actually a. I think it's above the spots apartment building. There's a. It's not written. It's not the same words, but there's a billboard, and it says it sort of paraphrases everything, everywhere, all at once. It's like like all the things, uh, you know, like. If, if, basically saying the same thing but just in different words. differently like, oh that's uh, cool yeah just differently and it's like ah see so they're they're obviously playing off against and i mean we're we're sort of in a renaissance of i don't know if renaissance is the right word but these multiverse movies obviously we've got marvel dc multiverse you know like did did everything everywhere win best picture i think it did i don't know i forget it was a while ago it did right yeah, no, he did. Yeah, and he Michelle did, right? Yao won Best Actress. Yeah, no, he did. Yeah, yeah. So Best I mean, Supporting Best Actor. Picture. This year, uh, at the Oscars was a movie about the multiverse. Like, it's, it's yeah. everywhere. It is. It is, is at the moment. It's, yeah. So, yeah. Let's not take that away from this movie, though. That's <laughs> not a negative point. There's a you know, there's a character we see at the end. No dialogue. I'm hoping Nick Cage is back. For Beyond the Spider Verse, we do see oh, Spider Man Noir. He's got to be, hasn't he? So we didn't have yeah. Nick Cage this time, and I've got to be honest, I was missing him to begin with. And uh, okay, I was always missing him. I'm a big Nick Cage <laughs> fan, you know this. But the addition of Spider Punk, voiced by Daniel Kaluuya, thought was yeah. fantastic, perfect casting, and just for this film to be made now. And to have him voicing the character is great. Five years ago, maybe 10 years ago, they wouldn't have had, I don't think, a British actor like that. I think they'd have had an American who does a good enough 
British accent and it wouldn't quite be what we get with this film. It just sounds very real, raw. I thought the character was fantastic and and just the, the voice work, brilliant. Yeah, like something authentic about it. Look, I mean, with the main, with like the main spider people that we get, you know, like Isa Ray voices Jessica Drew, Spider Woman. Um, yeah, who else we get? We get to see Indian Spider Man. Uh, oh, he was fantastic. Pavich Prabhaka character. Definitely saying that wrong voice by uh, and- Karen Sonny. And if you if I you're mean, unfamiliar with with him, he's the taxi driver from Deadpool. Oh, right. oh the actor, right? <laughs> the actor, like, yeah, no, no, no. The, the actor, Indian Spider-Man is is a taxi driver. Like, you know, people listening, you don't always know when it's a cartoon, but that's who's voicing the Indian Spider-Man, and he was great. He was brilliant as well. So I did miss, you know, Spider-Ham, Spider-Man Noir. Mm. But at the same time, the new additions that we're getting in this, and it looks like we're going to get those characters from the first movie back in the yeah, next we've one. That, we've got that team sort of formed. It's like you say, we've got, we've got a rebel team now. Well, we got Jake Johnson's obviously back as Peter B. Parker. Um, and this time he, he's got baggage with him, which I think, like, I mean, we've seen it from the. I know you tried to avoid it as many as trailers, but like, yeah, you, you see him and he's got Mayday Parker. Yeah, little, she was in daughter. Yeah, and, she was in that first trailer. Yeah, so she's there and he's essentially carrying her around the whole time and she gets to climb on a few things. Cute, fantastic. Like she's got powers, she's got a Spider-Man onesie. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah, it's good. It's right. Like, yeah. Standout character. Um, the the main the main guy though, Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2000. Nine or twenty ninety nine, however, however you meant to say it. Um, obviously teased at the end of Into the Spider Verse in a, in the post credit scene. He's back, Oscar Isaac providing the voice. Um, and what's great is what I think I always say about particular villains, where it's like one hundred percent understand where he's coming from. He believes he's right, and you kind of go, I yeah, again, I can see how. He kind of is. You know, we get a little bit of his backstory in terms of... Now, I'm not too familiar with that. I'm not sure it was his daughter or, like, his younger sister, but basically his family, his world destroyed because of, yeah. you know, like, let's say continuity issues or canon problems or whatever you want to call them, like, basically an error in time, space, all of that. He's He's doing what he needs to do to protect all these universes, and he's got certain individuals on board to assist with that and that again this movie is all about sort of challenging that idea and writing your destiny but really like him as a character oscar isaac he's great i mean isn't he like Mm. as usual to be fair (laughs) but the the character of spider-man 2099 you know we got him at the end of that first one. We knew he was going to be back in this sequel. I remember back in the day when Marvel, it was company-wide, 2099. It wasn't just Spider-Man. It was X-Men, Punisher. All the Marvel titles, time jumped to 2099. Did not like it. I didn't <laughs> because it was all new characters. Like it was new mm. X Men, it wasn't Wolverine, Cyclops, and all the the regular team. 
So I just, I wasn't a fan. Years later, I've come to appreciate it. But at the time, I guess it was too much of a shake-up for me. But remember that cartoon, Spider-Man Unlimited, where he leaves Earth, he goes to Counter-Earth, High Evolutionary, the Animal Hybrid, all of that. That's what they ended up making. But originally, they started work on a Spider-Man 2099 cartoon, but they stopped when they caught wind that Warner Warner Brothers was doing Batman Beyond, and they felt like it was Mm -hmm. going to be too similar. So they changed gears and did Spider-Man Unlimited instead, and that Spider-Man is in this movie also. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) they're all in it. How about we just set like a couple minutes of this podcast aside to just sort of just go through. We don't have to go through every single one because it's just an abundance, but just particular spider characters as as minimal as they appear or as huge as you want. Any that stood out that you just like, we can't go without sort of at least acknowledging them. Scarlet Spider. Voiced by Andy Samberg. Got to see him. Great little one liners. Yeah. Got to see him a couple of times. I mean, there's such a long list. Josh Keaton is back as Spider Man from Spectacular Spider Man, the TV series from 08 to 09. There's just so many. Pretty much everyone you've seen from video games, movies. We hear some live action Spider Man, don't we? Or do we we see Garfield? Archive yeah, we footage. See, yeah, yeah, we see we see footage from like the Amazing Spider-Man films, from from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. Like they're they're all in there. We hear audio of like um, oh, I was gonna go the the Robertson, whatever his name is. He played Uncle Ben in the first Spider-Man oh, film. Like his, right. Yeah, you know his audio and stuff from from his scenes, and yeah, you know, there's, there's heaps in there. The the appearance of Donald Glover as the live action yeah, Aaron Davis was that's a, um, that's really line. really interesting, isn't it? Because I mean Donald Glover, like he goes like way back. So you're right, yeah, he cameos as the live action version of Aaron Davis, the Prowler, but he previously played Aaron in Spider-Man Homecoming and was the original visual model for Miles Morales before mm. the character even existed. So I'm talking about Brian Michael Bendis. When he first created the character of Miles, he was inspired by Donald Glover. There was a Spider-Man animated series where Miles first appeared outside of comics. Donald Glover voiced Miles in his first animated appearance. It is crazy how connected those characters are. So just to have him in this live action or this animated sequence... And there he is in live action. And you see him have a Prowler costume. It's brilliant. And I remember like, I mean, obviously it was years ago, but I was like, there was a campaign to sort of get him in the role as, as a live action Miles Morales. And he aged out. In a way that's, yeah, but that's it. But they found a way to, I mean, all going all the way back to obviously Spider-Man Homecoming, as you said, um, but yeah, this the is found a way, way to sort of to include him. Whether we see him again, or at least the other version of him in the MCU again, who knows? But at least we had this. So if it doesn't happen, we had that. But again, look, there's 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 so many different characters. Spider Man Unlimited, as you said, 
uh, Spider Monkey. <laughs> like, oh, I mean, there's just so many. Maybe going through was the worst idea. But um, <laughs> but there's not just Spider Monkey. <laughs> there's Spider Cat. There's Spider T Rex. There's Spider Wolf. Yeah, there's Spider <gasps> Peter Parker. Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, the popsicle, oh, if... the popsicle comes back. Ah, oh, that's that's right, that's <laughs> right. J.K. Simmons, J.K. Simmons once again voicing J. Jonah Jameson. Rachel yeah. Dratch, she voices Miss Webber at Miles's school. She's the one that's with his parents. Miles is off being Spider-Man and he's late for this session at school, and straight away. I recognized her voice. Like you'd know her from Saturday Night Live. She's been in quite a few of Adam Sandler's movies, uh, but she's got a very distinctive voice. So I was like, oh, that was cool having her be in this movie. But Spider characters, all of them is probably. <laughs> oh, um, probably. What I thought was cool. So in that first movie, we knew that. Peter Parker was the one that transformed into a lizard and Gwen was his friend and she stopped him and then he died. In this movie, though, he has a bit of dialogue and voicing Peter Parker in Gwen's world, I was going to say, no, I lost his name, Jack Quaid. It is Jack Quaid. That's right, yes. He's voicing Peter Parker, which I thought, that is cool. Because he didn't have any dialogue in the first movie. Yeah, they, they found some, which is good. All right, we'll move on from all the Spider People because obviously we could just be here forever and just go watch the movie a hundred times and uh, try and pick them all. Um, but the music, obviously, that was a big factor, a, a big shining star, I should say, in, in that first movie. I think, again, I mean, I'll, I'll admit, having watched the movie only once, um, I think I was just so enthralled by everything going on. I don't think the music was as much of a big element, although saying that, like, I know it was great. Like, again, that opening sequence with Gwen with the drums and stuff, that kind of music stuff, the songs as such, I don't really recall. There weren't as many, like, iconic sort of moments, much like that first movie, but I don't know if you had a different experience with it. I'd agree with that, but at the same time... I've watched this one once into the Spider-Verse maybe five times. And I'm a lot more familiar with that one. Yeah, fair enough. Um, But look, when when everything's all said and done and we do sort of get to the end of the movie. Now, I'll say, like, this is a long movie. Like, we're approaching, like, the, the two and a half hour mark almost for this. And when it was kind of getting to the bit where, you know, they're implying that Miles has returned home and, you know, things are happening. I was still sort of anticipating, like, okay, cool, they, they're gearing up, they're setting up the pieces for, like, a, a big fight now, like, like you know, Miguel's going to come in and, you know, shove everyone around and we're going to have a big fight. There must be at least another half an hour left in this in this bad boy. Cool. And then I started to realize, I was like, oh, no, they, they, they're doing things with certain characters and putting them in certain positions. I was like, no, they're setting up a cliffhanger, the bastards. And that's what we do get. Miles tied up an alternate version of his uncle, an alternate version of himself. Um, and again, really cool sequence, again, with use of colors. You've got like the purple and 
green or blue or something, whatever the prowler colors are up against like the, the, I think it's up against our miles and then up against the, the miles of that universe is like the blue and red, I guess symbolizing that he was supposed to be Spider-Man anyway. Um, dramatic cliffhanger. I'm pretty sure it's just going to end with much like in that first movie when Peter B. Parker says, you know, like, you were watching my mouth, not my hands, and he's just going to untie himself. I'm pretty sure Miles is just going to do that in the opening scene of the next movie. You heard it here first. Um, <laughs> ruined it. But essentially, look, he's tied up to be continued. Do you know what I thought was brilliant? <laughs> no post credit scene. I just love the yeah. fact that what these Marvel films have been doing is just breaking the mold. You've yeah. watched MCU, yeah, you've seen other Marvel films, you know what to expect, you can wait all you want. There's no post-credit scene. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I did. I sat there, I sat there and waited. And I, I did too. I'd give you the courtesy. And Didn't I message you and say no? Oh, no, no, I didn't. Yeah, I left you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm, gonna <put> left. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did my public service. <laughs> no, you got me. Yeah, no, I did. Um, but yeah, yeah, sat there. Although, you know, the first part of the credits are, you know, pretty cool. They are, yeah. Most, but... most of them are, and then it just gets into generic credits, and then nothing. Yeah, even just like a little gag or something would have been nice. But well, whatever. you know, you know the the joke about No Way Home, mentioning yeah. Doctor Strange and and the Tom Holland Spider Man. Well, they put that in the movie and didn't tell Kevin Feige that it was going to be in there, which I thought was pretty fun. And you know what? It's all good. Like so, there's technically that, that's it. There's that it's gag. It's a Sony movie. It's fine. <laughs> there's no post-credit scenes. I just I like when they have fun with it. Like when James Gunn did Guardians Volume Two, and he did what five, <laughs> like five post-credit scenes. <laughs> just like taking the piss. <laughs> yeah, this makes up for it. Yeah, then when we get none, it's like outrage. But it's fine. But um, look, other other than the the fact that this movie doesn't actually end. Pretty solid movie. So I think let's just do our rating. Ah, it's it's a tough one because we've been talking well, we've just spent all this time talking about how good this film is, and it really is. You mentioned the sound issues. As I was watching it, I thought it was intentional. Afterwards, felt a bit ripped off. If I'm if I'm honest, I'm like, <laughs> oh, I didn't have the true cinematic experience the to be continued at the end i mean we were told but i forgot (laughs) so it was like the film just seemed (laughs) to just stop but we don't have to wait five years as we've said we just have to wait one year i mean the film it's great it really is a good film like it's really really enjoyable you know i was so close to watching this with my five-year-old We'd seen the trailers together or the first trail, the TV spot, and we were going to go and watch it. And as we were getting close to the day, she made reference to the fact that kids in her class are going to watch The Little Mermaid. And I had a feeling she also wanted to watch The Little Mermaid, but she was still going to watch Spider-Verse for me. I'm like, no, if you want to watch Little Mermaid, I will take you to watch Little Mermaid. Spoiler, it's not good. <laughs> it's not a good film. But you did the right thing as a dad for your I did, I did. <laughs> Across the Spider-Verse, we've you know all said and done, 
it's bloody fantastic. It really is. I'm really looking forward to that next one. Um, the things that I just raised before, I'm not going to bring it down too much. I'm going to come in. Ah, I mean, I'm thinking back to Into the Spider-Verse. I think that might have even have been a five. I'm going to come in at a, ooh, tricky. Do you know what? I'm just going to do it. It was a bloody good experience. You mentioned the runtime. I didn't feel it at all. I could have gladly stayed there for another two and a half hours. I'm going to come in at a 4.5 out of five. Ooh. Um, look, I'll be honest with you. This, again, like, like just watching this movie, when, when it was all said and done and, you know, it was a drive home. The wife and I always usually have a bit of a chit chat about, you know, what we had just watched and all that kind of stuff. And we legit were just like, that movie was just, it was just so good. Now, obviously, I was still reeling from the fact that I was like, God damn that ending. Like, so angry. <laughs> but besides that, we legit ask ourselves this question. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you're in the moment, you, you, you're a bit hyped, all that kind of stuff. But we were like, is this movie in the conversation to being one of the best comic book movies ever made and we were like legitimately we're like i think it is well we said we you know we think it is um if not you know definitely one of the best spider-man movies and then you know i enjoy most of the spider-man movies you know that some i've had issues with and so and so you know some aren't you know perfect or anything but always fun but this movie is just is just absolutely phenomenal compelling emotional funny the visuals are just so dazzling incredible again like pause it at any moment work of art on the screen there for you let alone all the easter eggs and all that kind of fun stuff um literally the only thing that could bring this down is the fact that the movie just doesn't actually have an ending but i'll get over that because there's more to come and i think watching this retroactively once i've seen the second half of the movie i'm pretty sure i'm just going to be like it was great um if this third movie is just as good as this or the first one this will be one of the greatest comic book trilogies, if not one of the greatest trilogies ever. Like it set itself up for that. Number one was incredible. This movie, I'm, I'm happy to say, I think this is a step up from that first movie, which I never actually thought. I was like, look, it's probably going to be pretty good, but top, top, uh, you know, hard thing to sort of beat, but it is. Um, yeah, I wasn't really sure where I'd land, but I'm gonna I'm just gonna give this the full marks. Five out of five. To hell with it. And that's wow. even with that's even with feeling ripped off with the uh with the sound issues and the fact that this movie doesn't actually end. It's like I just got up and left and went, okay. I don't need to know what happens next. See you later. I think you're right out. though. When when part three comes out, and you could even if you know I'm sure you'll sit down and watch all three, but just watching across and beyond together as a five-hour film, you're going to get the complete and, experience. And if the pacing is much like this movie, it's not going to feel... I mean, it probably will. We, you know, bathroom breaks and stuff, I'll, I'll, I'll feel it. But <laughs> it's the older I get, the harder it is. It's Yeah, like this movie, again, didn't feel like a two-and-a-half-hour thing. It I, didn't. I honestly thought yeah. there was still another half an hour to go because I was like, it's a breakneck. Yeah, and that's crazy. why it's crazy. Oh, adding to the to be continued being as shocking as it is because it just happens and it feels like no, like, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this. You just stopped it. <laughs> you just 
you've just stopped it. But um, but that's, yeah, I mean, that's wow, five. Like it, five. Did you give you wanted more? Did you give the first one five? I think maybe you did. I, I know think I, I might have did. I think maybe, maybe. Wow, five and five. Um, Let's see what we get with the next one. Again, I think I did, but maybe it was a. Well, I don't know. We could it's go back and check, but that takes effort. We could, but look, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but look, that's it for our review of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Obviously, we have a review of Into the Spider-Verse. If you want to listen to that and tell us what our ratings were, that'd be handy. Save us from doing it. But if you haven't already, check out our other shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics. Each of those shows also have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent reviews of Air and Renfield and stay tuned for our upcoming review of The Flash. Ah, multiverse, I see, I guess. Uh, (laughs) You've been listening to Jason. But that's the difference. Spider-verse, multiverse, completely different things. And you've been listening to Luke. Is it though? We're the guys from that film studio. See you soon. (laughs) 